Are you ready for the Word of God this morning? Why don't you just stand up to your feet right now? Everybody stand up to their feet. Here we go. And it is with great pleasure that we work for the, welcome for the first time on the Sunday morning preaching, uh, my wonderful wife, Pastor Kate Cottle. Come on, why don't you stay on your feet? We're going to shake this place with the presence of God. Come on, praise Him this morning. Don't stay silent this morning. The enemy this morning, he wants to keep you silent. He wants to keep you contained. But don't stay silent this morning. We're going to shake this place with the presence of God. Are you ready? Come on, take your seat this morning. Isn't it great to hear what's happening overseas? It's great to hear what God's doing there. But I want to tell you today that God wants to move on the city. He wants to move on Napier. He wants to move on Hastings. My God, he wants to move on this nation. But most of all today, God wants to move on this church. And he wants to move on you. And I want to encourage you today, don't limit what God wants to do in your life today. The, the word of God says this, that when two or more are gathered in his name, there he is. So no matter where you are today, God wants to touch your life. Are you hungry for him today? The Bible says this, that they that hunger and thirst, they shall be filled. Are you hungry today? He wants to move on your life. God wants to take you from where you are today, and he wants to give you keys that would propel you forward into your destiny this morning. You see, the same resurrection power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, I'm telling you today, it's living in your life, and it's waiting for you to activate it. God's waiting for you to break out and say, God, I'm hungry. You know the best way, the the way you get the most out of a preacher or the most out of a message is to get actively involved in the message to actively participate. So we're going to cut loose this morning. I want to invite you this morning. If you want to holler, you want to yell, you're most welcome this morning. Let's have a black gospel service this morning. Don't leave this place the same. Come on, don't leave this place the same this morning. Holy Ghost. We're in for a rip-roaring one this morning, aren't we? Don't walk out of this place the same this morning. He has got you, you, he, your numbers up this morning. He wants to invade your life this morning. You might be here this morning and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You don't know him personally. Maybe you're here this morning and you have known him, but you've walked away. On the outside, you walk into church, but your heart is cold towards him. I want to give you an opportunity at the end of this meeting. I want to introduce you to my king. See, he's the coming king. He's the king of all kings. The Bible says that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. You know, Buddha can't do it. Muhammad can't do it. The Green Party can't do it. I'm telling you today, Jesus Christ, he's the only way. He's the truth and he is the life this morning. Why don't we pray together? Lift your hands all across this place. Father, we're hungry for you. And God, I pray this morning that every hungry heart here, every hungry heart would be filled. Father, we pray this morning that your word would go out and it would not return void, but it would accomplish everything that you've set out for it this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know something, there's power in agreement. As we've come into agreement this morning, the presence of God is going to take you on. 
I want to talk this morning about a process that will make or break you walking in the fullness of your destiny and what God has called you to. It's a process that will make you or it will keep you a pew warmer or a world changer. I want to tell you today that God has called you to affect the world that is around you today, whether that's in your family, in your business, in your job, in your school, wherever you are, God has called you to affect the world that is around you today. I want to talk about a process that leads you to possessing your land, the things that God has got for you. And I want to focus today on how to get there. I want to focus today, I want to give you some keys of how you can stand in the storms and the trials and the shakings that go on in our lives and learn to prevail in those things. Is that good? I want to focus today, you know, we we love talking about destiny and, and what God's got for us. The part we don't really like talking about is the middle part. Say middle. Today I'm going to focus on the middle part. I'm going to focus today on the hard part. Say hard. I'm going to focus today on the ugly part. Say ugly. It's going to get ugly here this morning. Say to somebody next to you, it's going to get ugly. But don't worry, you won't get ugly. I want to focus today on the part where so many people have been knocked out of the race that God has set for their lives. And if you're here this morning and you feel like, man, I've been knocked out of the race. I come to church, I attend church, but I'm not doing what God's called me to do. There are so many people in that position. They've been knocked out of the race. God doesn't want you to be knocked out of the race today. God's got a plan and a future for your life. You may not be able to see it, but I'm telling you today, the word of God says it, so we've got to believe it. I think it'd be be fair to say that all of us here have experienced hard times in our lives, shaking, storms in our lives, uh, unfair treatment, you know, at work or misunderstandings. Maybe for you it's a tragedy. Maybe it's a shaking or a trial in your finances. Maybe you've been looking for a job for a long time and that job hasn't come. Maybe today it's in the area of your health. Maybe it's in an area of habitual sin, an area that you have struggled and struggled with for a long time and you can't get a handle on. Or maybe today it's an internal battle, loneliness, fear, intimidation, whatever that area is. If you're in that place today, you're in a place where you're, you're struggling in an area of your life. I want to tell you today that this message is especially with you in mind. See, in, um, in Genesis 50, verse 19, it talks about the story of Joseph. And, and Joseph was one of many brothers, and his brothers were jealous of him. And they threw him in a pit to leave him to die. And then one of the brothers says, oh, I've got a better idea. Let's sell him as a slave. And at least we'll make some money out of him. And years and years later, after Joseph had been through all kinds of horrible things, things that should have knocked him out of the race, things that were designed to kill him. God restored Joseph and everything he told Joseph he was going to do in his life. And Joseph meets up with his brothers and he says this to them, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. I'm telling you today, whatever situation you're facing right now, God, the enemy might have meant it for evil in your life, but God means it for good. If you're struggling in an area of your life, the enemy means it for evil. He wants to take you out today. He wants to knock you off the course of your life that God has set for you. But God means it for good today. And I want to challenge you to have the courage not to get offended. Not to get offended with God. What we're going to do now, we're going to have a look at Matthew 16. Why don't you turn with me there? And if you've been doing the beta Satan, you'll know the scripture. 
Matthew 16, verse 13. So we're going to read through it really quickly. Start at verse 13. It says this, When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying to them, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, and one of, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said to him, you are the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but by my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You know, up until this time, Jesus hadn't directly told them who he was. But he wanted to know what did they really believe? Not what the popular opinion was, but who was he to them? And I believe God wants to ask you that today too. Who is he in your life? See, it's really easy when life's going well to say, oh, I know he's the Christ. He's the son of the living God. But when push comes to shove, what do you really believe? Are you easily swayed when the pressure's on, when the heat comes on, when life's hard or unfair? Is he the center of your life? I know this, that the enemy's goal is to displace Jesus Christ from the center of your life. Today, I want to identify two categories of people. I'm sure there's others, but just two today. The first one is this. For some of you, it's really hard to tell whether he's the Christ or not because it's a very gradual process where your passion and your heart towards him goes gradually and slowly off the boil. Oh, you still come to church. You still attend things. You still say, amen, and all those things in the right places. But your heart has grown slightly cold And I believe there are people like that here today. And you'll know this. You'll know if you're in that category by this. You'll know that by how you walked in here this morning. Were you excited about meeting with God? Or did you just walk in and go, oh, yeah, you know, I lost an hour's sleep last night. (laughs) You'll know that by your responses or your reactions. You'll know that by the way you talk. You'll know that by your ability to be corrected. Hello? Hello? your ability to be led and instructed by your lateness and your punctuality, you will know whether he's the center of your life. Down to the little things. See, it's the times when no one else sees except you and God what's going on in your heart. You will know if he's the Christ or not. And I want to identify another category of people that most of the time he is. You're passionate about Christ. He's the center of your life. You're anchored to him. And then you get sideswiped by the enemy. And there's a a shaking goes on in your life or a testing or a trial. And it's like the, the last thing you think about is God. You, you get your whole relationship with God gets shaken. If you're in that category, you'll know this by the last time you were in a storm. What was your first reaction? Your natural response, what was that thing? Because see, if it's not, oh God, you are the Christ. You're the son of the living God. Then, then the enemy has caused you to displace Jesus Christ from the middle of your life. Storms are a part of the process that God uses in our lives to shape us for our future. Isn't that right? Let's get myself together here. You might say this morning, oh, but, you know, I'm in a storm. I've been here a really long time. You might say, 
if you, only if you knew the unfair treatment I've been under and I can't even see God moving. I can't even see it getting better. I didn't deserve what's going on in my life. That's why I respond the way I do. Why is it that, um, this is a real Kiwi thing, we make excuses for the way we respond. We justify out why we responded or reacted badly, why we responded or reacted without him as the center of our lives. I want to tell you why. It's because as Kiwis, we're really good at blaming everyone else. We live in a country, firstly, where we're based on a system The system is great because it helps people who are in need, but we're not to rely on the system. There's a system in our country that says, feed me, bless me, do for me, and and I'm not going to, it's all your fault that my life is the way it is. It's a victim mentality in New Zealand, and it displaces Jesus Christ from the center of our lives. I believe... I love that our government helps out people that are in need. That's not the issue. The issue is the thinking behind it. Why do we make excuses? Because we don't totally trust him. We might trust him in areas of our lives, but when something big comes along, we think, oh, God, this is too big. I can't give you this because I don't know what you're going to do with it. You know what? It's time to stop making excuses. We've got to start living like we believe the word of God. So you can't pick and choose what you read or what you believe out of the word of God. You either believe that the whole thing's true. This is something I say to the music team all the time. It's either all true or it's all false. There's no middle ground. The word of God this morning, it is true. And it will hold you through storms in your life. The first thing you need to propel you into your destiny The thing to hold you through storms is you need revelation. Have a look in that verse, in uh, verse 17, halfway down. And Jesus' response is this. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but by my Father who is in heaven. What is revelation? If you haven't been here over the last few weeks, really quickly, revelation is something that is revealed to you, not by man. It's something that doesn't rely on how smart you are, or your intellect, or your ability. It's a conviction about the truth that comes to us straight from God. As somebody in the, uh, in the music team was saying the other night, it's like that the penny drops. You just know that you know that you know that you know. It's like the first time you realized that you were saved, that you ha- had a relationship with Jesus Christ, and that you would live eternity with him, that you know that you know that you know. It's like lifting the lid off something. It was always there. We just never saw it. Okay, so now that we know what revelation is, how the heck do we get it in our lives and how do we get it flowing in our lives to hold us through storms? The first one, really quickly, there's three keys. First one, really quickly, is hunger. Matthew 5 says, they that hunger and thirst, they shall be filled. How hungry are you today? How hungry are you today? You know, Jacob in the Bible, he said this. I love this story. It's one of my favorite stories. He wrestled with the angel of the Lord all night because he was desperate. And he said, I won't let you go. I'm not letting you go. I'm not leaving this place. I'll hold on to you until I get my blessing. You know what? He got his blessing. Sometimes what happens is we, we get so conditioned by the environment and our circumstances that we start off with Jesus in the center. And then slowly we get whittled down and he's somewhere out here. He's an add-on. So the first thing you need is hunger. Get in a hunger, breaking out of that Kiwi reserve that's around us. Second thing you need is a dependence on the Holy Ghost. 
How do you get that? You ask for it. It's really simple. All you need to do is say, Holy Spirit, each day, Holy Spirit, lead me. Holy Spirit, I welcome you into my life. Holy Spirit, I need you to lead me through my day today. And the third thing is this. It's the word of God. It's not just about reading it. We've got to get it on the inside of us. It's about picturing it. It's about imagining it. It's about reading these accounts because they're not just stories. These are accounts of men and women, men and women of faith who have gone through struggles and they've prevailed. It's about imagining yourself in those things, imagining yourself in that scripture. It's about learning. The Bible talks about embracing the word as a friend. It's about wrapping it around your life. You know, it's also about this power. We know this, that there's power in the spoken word. It's not about parroting the Bible. It's not just about getting the scripture and saying, I I walk by faith and not by sight. I walk by faith and not by sight. You know what? Not a lot's going to change. But when you get that word around your life, as simple as that scripture there, today, God, I choose to walk by faith. I'm not going to rely on my circumstances. I'm not going to rely on what I see or what I hear. But God, today, I choose to walk by faith and not by sight. You know, you can do that with any scripture. So when it gets so much around you, there's nothing when it comes, when things come against you, they slide off. When you say scriptures like, and you know them, they're not just head knowledge. They become a belief system on the inside of you. Then no weapon formed against me shall prosper. There comes a, a confidence and a boldness in your life. I'm telling you today that no weapon that forms against me shall prosper. And every tongue, every tongue that rises up in judgment against me, my Bible says will be condemned. And that's the heritage of the servants of the Lord, says God. See, when you get the word living, we've got to make that word live. Don't just parrot it. Don't just babble it religiously, but get that word around your life and let it live today. You know what? They are three really, really simple keys, but I guarantee that if you do them every day, you get those things, you get hungry, you depend on the Holy Ghost and you get in the word, that revelation will start to flow around your life. You see, we need the revealed word of God to anchor us through storms. I know this, I don't know about you, but I know that when I'm in the heat of a storm, when something has happened in my life, I know that it's really, really easy to, to lose perspective. Isn't that right? It's easy to get sideswiped at times. One of the first memory verses that I ever learned when I got saved was Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Really easy one. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And I know this. I go back to that scripture time and time again because I know this, that when I'm in the heat of the battle, when there is something happened in my life, that I don't know what to do. I know that it's very easy to lose perspective. I know that it's very easy to lose sight of what God's saying, but I know this, that I can trust in his word. We need the word of God to live around our lives. Today, God has called you to live and not just to exist through your circumstances, not just to exist when there's a shaking going on in your life. Problem, the trap is this, is that we focus on what God hasn't done instead of holding on to his promises. See, God uses conflicts in our lives to shape us into his image. Don't quit today. If you're in a situation today where you don't know what to do in your business, maybe in your finances, in your marriage, maybe you've got a wayward teenager, don't quit today. Don't give up. God has not given up on you. Don't give up today. The enemy wants you to quit today. He wants you to say, well, 
God, I trust you with the rest of my life, but you haven't been trustworthy in this part, so I'm off. And we close up a part of our heart to God. We must position ourselves for revelation before the heat of the battle comes. You've got to have that stuff built on your life, in your life, before the, the battles come. Let's look in, uh, in that scripture again. Let's look at the start of verse 17. And uh, I want us to look at the, the way that Jesus responded to Peter. I love this. He says, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. I want to tell you today that that blessing flows. There is a release of the anointing, the enabling power of God. When you stand on revelation, when you stand on the revealed word of God, the Bible says that blessing flows. Today, in that time, when Peter said, when Peter said, you are the Christ, blessing flowed over his life. You know what the, the next thing that's really interesting about that is Jesus calls him from the old into the new. He says, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. And then further down, he says, but today I call you Peter. And on this rock, what rock was he talking about? He was talking about the revelation of who Jesus Christ was. He called Peter out of the old and into the new. When you stand on revelation, when you stand on the revealed word of God, God pulls you out of the old and he wants to take you into the new. Revelation was never, ever meant to keep you the same. Did you know that? Revelation was supposed to change you and propel you into the walking of your destiny. There's so many times God does this in the Bible, and I want to give you just a couple. The first one is Abraham. Abraham was a godly man and had a godly wife. And when he had a revelation of God, when he had a God encounter, it says that, that God said that God started to speak about his destiny. God says, I'll call you the father of all nations. Your descendants will be more than the stars in the sky. And he changed his name from Abraham. He became Abraham. And there's another one, Jacob. I talked about him before. And Jacob wrestled with the angel of the Lord. There was a hunger in his life. And he said, I won't let you go until you bless me. And you know what? He got his blessing. Jacob became Israel and his life was changed forever. And the last one I want to talk about is Saul. Saul in the New Testament. Saul hated the Christians. His whole goal was to persecute them, to make their life misery if he couldn't kill them. He wanted them to know that what they thought was wrong. But you know what? On the road to Damascus, he had an encounter with Jesus Christ. He had a revelation of who God was, of who Jesus Christ was, and it changed his life forever. And he went from Saul to Paul. You know what? Each one of these people... After they had the revelation, there was a shaking in their lives. There were trials in their lives. God used the circumstances in their lives to shake them, to shake everything that wasn't anchored to him. God today, he didn't give you a name to make you nameless. And he didn't give you a face to make you faceless today. See, when you get revelation on the inside of you, God pull you out of insignificance and he wants to pull you into significance with him. You see, God, Jesus Christ didn't come to make you strong today. He came to give you strength. He didn't come to take the trials away. He came to walk with you through them so you could be victorious with him. Isn't that right? God wants to give you a shift in your destiny today, but it all depends on how you respond to him in those trials. See, we want God to remove the trials and the testings, like I just said. We want him to take them away so I can get on with my destiny, so I can get on with what you've called me to. 
But God wants you to learn how to anchor to him, how to anchor to his word, how to not rely on your feelings, but be anchored to everything that he says and walk through those things with him. Most of you might know, some of you might know, I'm not sure, but um, as a teenager, I was anorexic. I was uh, anorexic for six years, six or seven years. Um, and you might think, oh, yeah, it's just a fair diet thing. I want to tell you today that I was in the grip of, a, of an addiction, an addiction that almost took my life twice. And I went in and out of psychiatric hospitals and general hospitals. I went to some of the best doctors, but no one, nothing, nothing, n- nothing was working for very long. And I remember one day, I'll never forget it, when this doctor looked at my mum and dad in the, eye and said, in the eye and said, she will die in anorexic. And I want to tell you today what the doctors couldn't do for me in six years. Jesus Christ did in six months. <laughs> Don't quit today. You know what? You might be in a situation today where you've been waiting a long time. You've been waiting a long time for your breakthrough. Don't quit today. You know, if Jesus had to come to me and said, um, well, you can go through the process or I can click my fingers and you'll be healed. Man, I would have taken the second one. I would have had him click his fingers and heal me. But I'm so glad. I'm telling you today, I'm so glad of what he took me through. Was it enjoyable? No. Did I hate it? Yeah, most of the time. Did I think I was going to make it through this? Sometimes I doubted it. But I'm telling you today that he is faithful and that what he has built in my life through that time is worth everything. I want to, you know, Pastor Mike talked recently about um, the instant fast generation we live in. We live in a fast-paced life where everything is at our fingertips. It's instant. And unfortunately, we come into church and we think church and life and God is going to be the same. I want to encourage you today, especially young people. Young people, if you're here today, don't quit. When the going gets tough, don't quit. The easiest thing you can do is to quit. God isn't calling you to quit today. God is calling you to live. He's calling you to prosper in your trials today. See, when you align yourself with this revelation that he is the Christ, he's the son of the living God, when that's burning on the inside of you, I'm telling you today that the gates of hell will not prevail against you. The Bible says it. You know what? They might try, but they will always be defeated when you're anchored to him, when you're anchored to the revealed word of God in your life. See, when you build your life on this, you will never, ever need to fake it till you make it. Are you with me? You can stand in your storms in boldness and prevail. Why don't you look with me in Jeremiah 17? The scripture here, it's great. It's got a warning and then it's got a promise. Okay. It says this, firstly, cursed is the man whose trust is in man, who makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. That's when you displace him from the middle of your life. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see good when it comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in the salt land which is not inhabited. And here we go here, but blessed, see blessing flows, is the man whose trust is in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers which spreads out its roots in the, in the river. And he will not fear when heat comes, as when the battles come. But his leaf will always be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will he cease from, yield, nor will cease from yielding fruit. That means you'll be productive when your trust is in the Lord, when your life is centered on him. 
you'll be productive. I want to tell you today, the Son of God, he is enough. He's enough for every situation you face today. He's enough for your finances. He's enough for your children today. He's enough for your marriage today. He's enough for everything that you face today. He's enough for every insecurity. He's enough for every wrong mindset. He's enough in your sin today. Jesus Christ, when he's the center of your life, he is enough. You know what? The hand of God, the Bible said he's not too short, that he cannot heal. The hand of God, God is enough today if you're sick. See, the Bible says he's the God of abundance. There is no recession in the heavens. You've got an issue in your finance. I'm telling you this. I don't know when God's going to break through for you. I don't know how, but I do know this, that he's faithful. I love there's a scripture in, um, in Psalms, and it's Psalm 27. And David's in an awful situation. And he says this, I would have lost heart if I had not believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on him. You know, the two things he did, he believed that he would see the goodness of God in his, life, in his lifetime. He waited, he believed, and then he waited. Sometimes we get impatient, isn't that right? Sometimes we think God's too slow and he doesn't do it the way we think he should. I want to tell you about a woman this morning. Um, her name is Hannah, and she was one of two wives. I don't understand how that works still. But anyway, her husband was a godly man, and she had two wi- he had two wives. One was Hannah, and she loved the Lord. And the Bible says that, that God had closed up her womb. And the other was Penaniah. And Penaniah, we know, had had several children. And the Bible says that Hannah cried out to God. She wanted to be a mum. But God had closed up her womb. And we don't know how long there was a time delay before God came through, but we do know that Penaniah had had many children. What the Bible also goes on to say is this, is that Penaniah was her rival. What's a rival? It's somebody that competes against you. Penaniah took her apparent strength and compared it with Hannah's apparent lack and taunted her with it. It says, year by year, Hannah was taunted by Penaniah. Maybe that's you today. Maybe today, in your storm, where whatever you're facing in your life, there is no evidence in the natural of God breaking through for you. You know what? The enemy wants you to feel discouraged. He wants you to feel mocked. He wants you to take your eyes off God. You know, he knows this. That if he can get your eyes off God and onto your problem, then he's got you. Because what happens is instead of doing war against the enemy, we turn on God and do war against God and start telling God what we think of him and get offended with him. That's just what the enemy wants. You've got to know your enemy today. You've got to know how the enemy functions against you. Because this is true, that the enemy's thick, isn't it? Isn't he? If you look at your life and the patterns in your life, he always tries to get you the same way. Isn't that right? If you look over the circumstances of your life, if it's insecurity, often it comes the same way. If it's fear, it'll come the same way. Whatever the thing is, the enemy uses the same patterns to get to you. You've got to know your enemy today. You know, Hannah wanted to be a mum. Hannah wanted a baby. But God wanted a prophet. And I'm telling you today that sometimes the struggles that we go through aren't just about us. There's a whole bigger thing that God is wanting to do. He's wanting to affect people around us. He's wanting to affect the world around us through our trial. But all we can see is the problem. All we can see is our little bit. 
What we don't know is that God wants to affect your family. God wants to affect your, your workmates through your trial, through the way that you don't get offended with your boss, through the way that when your unsaved family see you're having financial difficulties, seeing the way that you stand through those things. God wants to touch so many people around you. It's not just about you today. Hannah wanted a baby, but God wanted a prophet. And you know what? When the time was right, the two desires met. Hannah got her baby, but I'm telling you today, God got his prophet. What is he doing in your life today? What is he doing? What is shaking in your life? Because I'm telling you, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And the only things that will remain are the things that are anchored to him. You know, I just, I'm so challenged at times how we respond or lack of respond to him. We react to him. But I believe it's time to grow up. We are in a church where we get so blessed. We've got a wonderful facility. We've got men and women who have laid their lives down to create, to make room for the atmosphere of God, to make room for God in this place. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, 11, it says, when I was a child, I acted as a child. I thought as a child, I behaved as a, as a child. But now that I'm a man, now that I've grown up, I put away childish things. Church, it's time that we put away the childish ways that we react when God doesn't do what we think he'll do. See, the problem is this, is we work out how God's going to come through for us. And then we get offended with him when he doesn't do it the way we thought, when it's not in the time frame and when it's not the way we thought it was going to happen. What we do, we come into church and we act all nice and we put on our nice clothes, but on the inside we throw two-year-old tantrums. We stamp our feet and we, we, we st we're present in the skin, but we draw back in our heart. I'm not going to worship. Why should I worship you? I've been waiting for this thing for a long time and you haven't even come through. You haven't even, there's no evidence of you moving. Why should I praise you? And what happens is we turn on God and we make war against God instead of our enemy. Where do you stand today? It counts today. The place that counts is where no one sees. Where no one sees your responses, where they're internal. See, it's easy to mark an external response. You can say, oh, yeah, I don't trust God, or that person, you know, well, you know, they've got issues or whatever. But when it's on the inside of you, just you and God, that's where the make or break time is. Like I said before, I don't know, I don't know how, if you're in a situation, that God is going to work it out for you. But I do know this, that he is the Christ. I know he's faithful. I've seen the evidence of it in my life. I know it from the word of God. Here you've got three, three young men, just quickly as we finish, three young men, men of God, and they're taken away from their country by a king called Nebuchadnezzar. And in that country, there is an absence of God. Actually, they've got lots of gods. And the country is so far away from God. Does that remind you of a country we know? Anyway, we won't go there. But you know, here's three young guys. And they say, oh, Nebuchadnezzar builds this, builds this big, golden, ugly image. And he says, when the music plays, you all got to bow down. And they say, no, nah, we're not doing it. And he gives them one more chance. And he says, if you don't do it, I will throw you into the fire. And I love their response. They say, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this because we know, we know that our God will deliver us. But even if he doesn't, let it be known that we will not bow down. You know, we all know the end of the story. We know that they didn't burn. And it's really easy when you look at it, you say, oh, that's easy. It's all happily ever after. 
But you know, what was it that stopped them from faltering? There was not one bit of faltering in their answer to him. They didn't have to bash him over the head with what they believed. They were cool, calm, and collected because there was a confidence in their life. Why is that? Because they were anchored to God. It says that we have no need to answer you in this because we know. How did they know? How did they know? They must have had revelation of who God was and is. You know what? Again, just like Hannah, God had so much more he wanted to do. He not only wanted to deliver them and promote them, but God wanted to change the laws of a nation and he wanted to alter a king. You know what? So bigger than their trial, and their trial was big. Bigger than their trial. God wanted to alter a whole nation. And because they responded the correct way, because they responded and didn't try to control God or the outcome, God was able to alter a whole nation. We need our nation altered, don't we? We need our nation altered. It's about you and me, every day of our lives, making decisions that we respond to God, that he is in the center of our lives. Today, if you're struggling with something, maybe, I don't know, maybe fear or something like that, we've got to start to stand up and use the word of God like these young men did. Fear, I have no need to answer you today because I know this. I know this, that my God can deliver me. But fear today, even if he doesn't, even if I battle with you for the rest of my life, I'm telling you today, I'm not bowing down. We've got to get like this church where we're a church where we don't do church, but where we become the church, the church of the living God, where we believe what we read, where it becomes a belief on the inside of us. Today, as we finish, the things that they did, that they didn't control how God was going to work it out for them. They had a revelation of who he was. And when they stood in their trials, they stood with confidence in who he was because they knew him. Don't just know about him today, know him. Know what his word says about your life. Know that no weapon formed against you can prosper. Know that the timing isn't always how we planned it. But God has an ultimate plan for you and I. Can we have the musicians up, please? Your storm, you may not be in one at the moment, but you know what? They will come. The shakings come. But if you're in one at the moment, this is an opportunity to grow up. It's an opportunity. Don't go around this mountain again. Because you know what? If you go around this mountain once and you see the same situations coming up in your life, you need to start asking God, God, what do I need to do? Don't go around the mountain again and again. God wants to propel you into your destiny. God wants to take you from where you are. He wants to pull you out of insignificance today. He wants to propel you forward. He wants to use you today. Holy Ghost. Is he enough for your circumstances today? Only you can make that decision. Only you can make that decision today. Is he enough? Right now, what I want us to do, just close your eyes presence of God is in this place if you're here today and you are in a storm there's a struggle in your life I want to tell you this I don't have a crystal ball nor do I want one that would know when it's up and how it's going to finish and what's going to happen in the end but I do know this that when you place him in the center of your life just like Peter did oh you're the Christ 
Are you the son of the living God? When my life is anchored to you, no matter what happens, I will not bow down. If that's you today, you know there's a battle raging in your circumstances and a part of your life. The easiest thing to do is make a commitment in your heart. The hardest thing to do is to stand up in front of a group of people and say, I'm making a decision today. He might already be the center of your life. Make a public declaration today that I'm going through a hard time. But though I go through a hard time, I will stand because I know he's the Christ. I know he's the son of God. And I want to grow up in my situation and in my responses. I want to grow up today so I can walk in everything he's called me to. If that's you today, if that's you today, why don't you stand up right now with every, every eye closed, every head bowed. You're in a situation today, maybe you need healing. Maybe you're unsure about your future. Maybe your finances, your business. Wherever you are today, I'm telling you that the King of glory, he is enough. He is enough for your situation today. And if you anchor on to him, I haven't got a magic formula or a magic prayer that'll fix it. But I do know this, that when you anchor onto him and you make a decision in your heart, God, today, I anchor myself to you. No matter what comes, I tell you, enemy, I will not bow down. I will not bow down. No matter how long it takes, no matter what I go through, I will not bow down. Today, I want to give a second call out. If you're here today and you just want to make a fresh commitment, you're not backslidden or anything like that, but you just want to say, when the heat comes on in my life, I want to stand. I want to stand. I want to make him proud. I want to stand so that no matter what rages around me, I can stand and say, you are the Christ. Or you're the son of the living God and there's no other than you. If that's you today, you just want to make a fresh commitment to him. Stand up right where you are. Holy Ghost. So many people responding today. Your presence is in this place. Holy Ghost. Father, as we sing these words, Jesus, 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 I want you to cry out for him. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. The fact that you've stood up, made a public declaration that no matter what happens in my life, I want to go on. I want to get past the storms and the shaking, and I want to be used by the King of glory. I want to make a difference. Let's sing Jesus. Jesus, cry out to him today. Jesus, Jesus, lift your voice. Jesus, Jesus, then one word prayer. Jesus Christ, because you are the Christ, you are the Son of the living God.
Holy Ghost. We just thank you for your presence in this place. Right now, I want to ask you a question. If you are here today and you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, then I want to give you an opportunity now. I'm not going to draw this out. But if you want to know him, you want to know how to stand through the hard things that happen in your life, he is your only answer today. He's the only thing that will fill you. Other things give you a temporary high, but he's the only thing that will sustain you. If that's you today, you want to know Jesus Christ, quickly lift your hand to him. Is there anyone here today? Anyone here today? And you know that you need Jesus Christ. I'm not going to draw this out. Is there anyone here today? And you know that you come to church and you do the church thing, but your heart has been far away from him. You want to make a commitment to come back to him today. Lift your hand. Lift your hand in this place. Maybe you've been offended with God because God hasn't worked out things how you thought he should. Lift your hand to him today. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Father, we thank you for your presence in this place. We're going to sing this chorus again one more time. We're going to close the meeting. If you want prayer today, we've got pastoral staff up the front that will pray with you. But today I want to encourage you, anchor to him. Anchor to him. Anchor to him today. Don't quit. Don't just exist when you're in your storm, but live. Live in boldness in him. Let's sing this. Jesus.